Royals and Ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! Greetings, Fright Fiends! You've just dug up the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number 14. <laughs> Dog will hunt! Dog will hunt! From Frankenstein drag queens from Planet 13 to murder dolls to a self-titled band, horror fanatic, collector, and icon, musician and singer Wednesday 13 comes to hang with us. Ooh, and what's this? It appears it's game night in our little crypt of terror, and it's your turn! <laughs> Who's brave enough to play Ghost Castle? The victims journey room by room. They take their chances. Along the way, anything can happen, and usually does. Hello, Fright Fiends. This is Wednesday 13. Gathered around the seance table with the Boo Crew. The Boo Crew. The freshest cuts of new stuff. Here's Sweet Screams. This game is too smart. Half the people in this photo are now dead. We need to find what started all this. How do we get out of this game alive? You can't. Truth or dare. Truth or Dare, directed by Jeff Wadlow, written by Wadlow, along with Michael Rees, Jillian Jacobs, and Chris Roach, released April 13th, stars a cast of young actors including Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars and Tyler Posey from Teen Wolf. A group of college kids take a trip to Mexico where they become involved in a possessed game of Truth or Dare as they fight against evil to find a way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... A big truth. I didn't. <laughs> okay, so truth. I'm going to dare to say I didn't like it. Really? Nothing about it that you like? I mean, there's always something I'll like in, in anything. You got to find the good in, in anything, but... Sure, in order to sit there for an hour and 40 some minutes, <laughs> yeah. you do have to find the good. <laughs> well, I, I didn't have to hang out with our kids, so I would have sat there and watched paint dry. So. <laughs> good point. Just well, to get that hour and a half. Yeah. Would, you say, would you say it was entertaining? I mean, this you do watch. You're a fan of pretty Little Liars and okay, these shows on Freeform, that network. I love Pretty Little Liars for what Pretty Little Liars is, but I don't need it in my horror. If it was on TV, would you have turned it off if it was a TV show? Probably. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I don't know, the faces bother. It just wasn't scary. I wanted it to be scary and I wasn't scared and I was kind of laughing and I think Leo's shaking his head because he agrees <laughs> with me. Yeah, no, totally. When you say faces, do you mean the faces, just the actor faces or the creepy faces? The creepy made? faces because they were cheesy and I know how they're supposed to do like filters or make it look cool and hip like, you know, Snapchat. And Yeah, she's referring to the face whenever someone would challenge one of the kids, they'd get this kind of upturned smile, address right? address that and they call it a creepy Snapchat filter. They do, they yes. do that. Yeah. It is very in tune with all of that. It's Facebook heavy, Snapchat right. heavy, yeah. Instagram, Google. selfies, Google, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Google Mexico truth or dare. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the film, because the film got 15%, I've read a bunch of reviews, they got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. 15 or 50? 1.5. Okay. I think it's being unfairly dragged. I don't think it's as bad because I went in with a very low expectation or maybe no expectation even. And just to see, you know, experience what, you know, what it is. I just, I didn't think it was going to be a Blumhouse like, like a James Wan Blumhouse or a Jordan Peele Blumhouse. 
But I really liked Happy Death Day, so I had like great expectations because that was really good. I that really enjoyed that movie. one. Right. That's true. I thought that that movie was amazing. This was not anywhere near as clever. And in fact, the problem with the film, I thought the story tracked very well. I thought the concept wrapped up in a way that was a little unexpected. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to end, I and I like that in a movie. Although, you know, it's kind of a creepy story that was eerie, but... Trying for Final Destination... Ish. Yeah, it was it was never clever. Well, the interesting thing is I thought it was a great premise. Like, as you're saying, totally the setup is a great original idea, which I right. I loved. I was like, great. Perfect. I'm in truth or dare. No one's really done that in a horror movie. Cool. Let's go. Right. The truths and the dares were the thing that they could have had a lot more fun with. And it could have been really scary. But the truths and dares weren't that scary. Yeah, Some right. of the truths were actually unintentionally funny. Yes. <laughs> you know, in a very teen love triangle. Right. Pile all the drama that you could into in, into. The, but at the same time, now knowing all that and also it's a, a departure for what Blumhouse movies usually are. I'm kind of thinking that this is their version of a PG-13 teen horror film. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. In sort of that freeform TV kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't bigger than that. Well, the uh-huh. first red flag for me was four screenwriters. It made me wonder, you know, Blumhouse as a brand, they're coming off an Oscar win. They started with a lot of really small films like this. You know, granted, they would have some big actors, but very small conceptual horror movies. Happy Death Day was kind of that. That might yeah. take the weight out of this argument. Because I was thinking like, they're, you know, all these big things. I wondered if they had this script laying around or maybe they had the movie made and they did reshoot. I don't know. But they tried to make it more than it was. Like, this is my, what it felt like to me. The director had a vision, the studio had a vision, and the film fell somewhere in between. It was, okay. it was neither one nor the other. It was just, it was okay. It was good. I, I was entertained. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it in a theater like, on Saturday night, and like, everyone was filled with like, people who were just kind of want to see a genre movie. So like, you know, people were laughing and having like, jump scares, you know, so like, I think the vibe that we saw it into was yeah, like, meant to be Kind of like a popcorn movie. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, at the end, everyone was like, ah, you know, I had, <laughs> <laughs> I had that reaction. An interesting take on this movie. I was thinking about this just actually earlier today and I saw it, you know, a few days ago. The ending is so, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but the ending so is not what I don't think anyone would expect. It's certainly not <laughs> what I would expect. But if you look at the whole movie after knowing the ending as a spoof about Social media, growing up in the internet age, selfishness and and all this. If you look at it as like social commentary and a kind of a spoof of all that, exaggerating all those, it kind of takes on a whole different meaning if you started and watched all the way through it. Yeah, I like that. Maybe that's that thing that I feel is like where I feel like the director had a vision and the studio had a vision. One of, one right. of them was was that. Yeah. And the and it got pulled away because it's there, like you're saying, upon reflection, but you don't necessarily feel it when it's happening. Right. Also, I feel like I didn't care as much about these characters or what happened to them. And that's true. I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, that happened to that girl. Or, you know, <laughs> which is kind of shocking in an almost two hour movie that you wouldn't yeah. get enough of yeah. that character. I didn't have a connection. Really... And, and I feel like go see It Follows because it reminds me a lot of It Follows. Yeah. Like kind of the concept. Right. Yeah. That's what Rachel said, too. After. Yeah. yeah because you know, the concept of anyone is after you. Yeah. That yeah. Theme, and any it can come. Death can come at you. This intangible way. evil. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to get rid of it. Yeah. And I you're, think. It follows a little more intimate, though. Yeah. You know? It had a little more intimate and a little more style, which I think 
And I cared about those people. Yeah. <laughs> but would you recommend this to people to go see it? In it the depends. Theater? I wouldn't recommend it to non-horror people, certainly. I thought it was a stupid fun movie yeah. that has this sort of urban legend-y feel to it. Right. You know, I'll never think about the game Truth or Dare the same again. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly yeah. wasn't like a, well, I'm walking out of the theater, I want my money back kind of movie. It wasn't, it no. wasn't that, but yeah. I, you know. It could have been better. Yeah. And I mean. Yeah. But it could have been worse. In Mexican culture. There's this darkness, the whole like Santa Muerte, like the whole, like people that pray to evil, people that conjure evil and stuff. Like it's kind of an underground thing that goes on daily over there. People that believe in the occult and, and witchcraft and all that. I kind of wish they would have brought that to the surface and made it much more of a plot point as opposed to just like, hey, hey the movie's about this and this oh, is yeah. why yeah. in Mexico and all that. It was kind of like an afterthought. Interesting thing Austin had brought up too is that in the movie they reference demon known as tricksters. Yeah. Which is R.H. Davis, the right. exorcist we've had on this show. Yep. Had mentioned that that's one of the types of demons that she deals with. Yeah. I thought that this fit totally into her description of that. It exactly right. made sense. And again, they, like that's one of the things that worked. Tracking the story didn't always work. I totally agree with you, Leo, on Mexico. Yeah. In Mexico both culturally and like it was just randomly in Mexico. Yeah. So a few interesting facts. The Snapchat grin we were all talking about was nicknamed the Willem Dafoe grin and it was after his smile and Tyler Posey was able to do most of it without even needing CGI because of his experience contorting his face in Teen Wolf. The movie was released on Friday the 13th just like Happy Death Day and the cast apparently did play a real game of truth or dare while they were filming in Mexico, but Lucy Hale opted to go to sleep instead. So what do you say, guys? Truth or dare? <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a watch. I would say go see it in the theater so you could at least have a night out with your friends and have some fun and laugh about it and have your popcorn and because I don't know if you'll make it through it when you're sitting in, at home on the couch. <laughs> yeah. The theater, the theatrical experience, I think is a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Just go in with very low expectations yeah. and you'll enjoy it. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Truth <laughs> does not sound good. <laughs> the Boo Crew Podcast. For the girl of his dreams, he'd make a deal with the devil. Shock 'em dead. <laughs> Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio, from Maniac Spider Trash to four albums, an EP, multiple singles, and a box set fronting the legendary glam punk horror brat rock band Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13. He's released music with Gunfire 76, three outlaw country albums with his project Bourbon Crow, two studio albums and an EP fronting another horror punk band, The Murder Dolls, alongside Joey Jordison. His seventh album under his own name, Wednesday 13, is called Condolences. It's out everywhere now. He has immortalized all of your favorite horror movies and characters and music, and he has truly become as iconic as the monsters he sings about. Much respect to Mr. Wednesday 13, everybody. Yeah. Whoa. 
What a what a great introduction. I'm going to rewind that, write that down, and tell everyone that introduces me, read this word for word. That was good. Thank, well, well, thank well you. Deserved. Was, thank you. Thank you. We always do this at the very beginning. What is your earliest memory of being exposed to horror as a genre? It's it's two two memories kind of jogging in my head. Like I, I literally lived in front of that old school box television, which you probably have someone around, one around this place, I'm sure. <laughs> Square, you know, right? the big, Square. The big, yeah. you know, that was back in the day when you had the, the big stereos with the the flip top that yeah. had the eight track and the you know the, this it took up so much in the living room. But uh, but for me, like I I sat in front of the television and I'd watch Bugs Bunny. And around that time, you know, because I I was born in '76, so my memories are coming in at around four. So I'm thinking, they sent me nice eighty. I'm watching Bugs Bunny, but they were still showing Monsters and Adams Family and regular rotation along with Three Stooges and the mixed cartoons and stuff. So I kind of saw the monsters, but they were kind of funny. So it, they weren't scary; they were just funny, you know. Around that time, they had a on the local like Fox, what would be Fox now. The local channel 18 channel, they uh, had a weekend where they showed uh, three films. And if you went to your local like 7-Eleven, where we had a place called Fast Fair, and you could get 3D glasses and you could watch, uh, I think, Lugosi's The Gorilla, Creature from the Black Lagoon. And there was another one. And you could get the 3D glasses if you got a Slurpee. Yeah, I remember, yeah. dude, I, remember, yeah, I was born yeah, in yeah, 76 yeah. as well. Okay. I, I exactly yeah. remember that. So, and you could go and, and they had, I'm, in my mind, it was a weekend, a Friday or Saturday. Yeah. I remember sitting. We lived in a single wide trailer in North Carolina, my whole family. And we're just, well, I got 3D glasses on watching this. I was so little, they, d- they didn't fit my head. So my dad, <laughs> my dad being trying to be MacGyver, he, he cuts it and puts a rubber band on it so I can have it like perfect so I could see it. And I remember it. Aww. I remember when we were all done, our eyes were just like, really? <laughs> I mean, it looked cool. It had some 3D parts, but I mean, I'm sure people went blind after that. And uh, So that was my first in- introduction. And it, the kind of something being scared, the creature was kind of scary, you know, because it was nothing funny about it. There was no punchline. There was no Herman or grandpa coming in to, to make it funny. It was kind of like, whoa, it's just, it was scary. And it was cool. And just, I remember... Around that same time, there was Halloween at that same fast fair. They uh, they decorated. I live in a little small town, and I guess they you could do whatever you wanted back then. I remember they had like a like a mannequin hanging like on a noose from the sign where they had the gas sign. And I remember like <laughs> like four or five drive by seeing this dead body, and I was just like, whoa! And like Halloween was just cool back then, you know. Like everybody was walking the streets, and it was just so different than from what it was now. So that's like my first memories, and I guess I was just hooked on it. In 1984, mm-hmm. you see a TV commercial pop on. Yes, that kind of changes everything. Yes, for the Alice Alice Cooper. Right, Alice. Right. That was Alice's. Uh, I mean, for me, like I was just in every kind of movies. Not not just horror. Basically, the reason I was able to see all these movies and talk about movies. My girlfriend, she knows I'm just obsessed with like just old movies and just everything. I, all the time, I'm just like, she's like, I have no idea what, what you're talking about. <laughs> but in that little single wide trailer that I, we watched the with the 3D glasses, HBO and Cinemax, it just came out, and that's when they had the little little box with the three switch and yeah. you had bup, 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 bup. you had to do it like that and somebody crossed some wires and we had free HBO and free Cinemax 
<laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. And we had it for like three years and we didn't, of course, we didn't have to no, anybody. No, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, within a single wide trailer, I didn't have my own bedroom till I was like 13. So I slept on the couch. So whenever I went to bed, it was my living room. I, <laughs> I turned it on and I was, you know, watch, so I was watching like Chuck Norris, but I was watching Force Vengeance and Silent Rage. And then, and then I would, I remember I watched Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time around. So I was watching all these movies. So I was into that kind of stuff. You know, um, and plus I loved comedies like Airplane and The Jerk and and Back to School and stuff. <laughs> and then the day I remember when I, you know, I used to hear soundtracks and movies and stuff like that. And I thought those were cool. Like the Rocky thing was always awesome and on, on all the movies and things. But like, and I would hear like some rock music, but I really didn't pay attention to it. And I remember around 84, I think it was when you said uh, Alice Cooper had a, uh, his comeback tour with the Nightmare Returns. I remember playing with my G.I. Joes in front of the TV. My parents were watching people score it with Judge Wapner <laughs> and, and Rusty. I'm, I'm just a TV nerd. I know everybody's name still. And uh, and it, it comes to a commercial and it's like, it's like this Friday at the Charlotte Coliseum, the nightmare returns, Alice Cooper. And it was just this cool commercial showing all these flashes and it's just him in an electric chair. It's him being, uh, his head being chopped off. You know, they had Kane Roberts and I was in the Rambo and I was like, is that Rambo? <laughs> <laughs> is that guy playing you know is that a gun what do you got that machine gun guitar yeah, yeah, you know? yeah so I you know a little kid I'm just like whoa what is and I remember turning around and as my mom I said who is she <laughs> and, and my mom still to this day she's you know she's never been out of North Carolina it's never been on an airplane she's like just the best way I could explain it she's like Aunt B on, on Andy Griffith right. just, <laughs> you know but just, just super country and of course all she knows about Alice Cooper is what she's heard on TV and the press and things like that. And she's not into rock music. So, and she's like, Oh, he's the one that bites the heads off snakes and chickens. <laughs> and, uh, and immediately I'm like, Hmm, there's someone else. Uh, I, I'm like, I'm like, I want to, I want to know what this guy is. And I remember I called up my best friend, you know, on the little rotary phone, call him up like, yo man, you ever heard of this Alice, Alice Cooper? And he's like, yeah, he goes, my, my uncle's got all of his cassettes. <laughs> And uh, and he's in prison right now. <laughs> so so I, I'm I'm gonna go in his room and I and I was like, well, come over and spend the night this weekend. And when my parents go to bed, because I finally this was like when I had my bedrooms, yeah. big times. And uh, I was and I was like, when I go to bed, we'll you know we'll we'll play it on my little jam box. We'll listen to Alice Cooper in the dark. Oh, it's wow. kind of kind of like playing Bloody Mary. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember he brought all the cassettes. We had we had like it wasn't the early earliest stuff. I remember it was like maybe the earliest was like Goes to Hell, but but he had like he had like newer stuff too. And I remember listening to uh, you know just like this in the dark, and it just seemed so scary because my parents had scared me. And I was from the Bible Belt where everything was a church on every corner. That was back in the day when you know every weekend on a church show it was. There's backwards messages on these records. Oh, yeah. The satanic up. panic yeah. was going it hard was, in the 80s right and, then. And, and band, some bands like Molly Crew were just laughing about it. Yeah. And putting notes on the records going, may contain backwards messages. Yeah. And you got, yeah. So it was just kind of, that was just an era where it was like in the sound, being a little kid, you want to trust your parents and believe. And so it was kind of scary. And the same thing about horror movies. They didn't watch them. They didn't want me to watch them. But 
I did. So everything they didn't want me to do, I, I did. And I, I immediately I fall in love with it. And I start, you know, just start following kind of rock bands. You know, I would hear. And then that was kind of like when Dokken came out, started doing Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that that caught on to everybody going, hey, we can get in a video being in a band now. You know, you got Killer Clowns from Outer Space and you got the Dickies doing a video. Allison D did the, for Twisted Sister, was one of the coolest videos that Tom Savini did and it got banned by MTV. Have you ever seen the- No, I've not seen that. It's called Be Cruel to Your School and it's them, it's Allison and D, it's Twisted Sisters. Yeah. It's a song just as good as, it would have been a hit and it got banned because Tom Savini is the master and he made everybody look, and it's just zombies in the hallways at school, wow. banging their heads on lockers, and Allison D switching off vocals, and that and that got banned. And now wow. we get to oh, watch yeah. Walking Dead and watch a guy get his head smashed in for <laughs> right. five minutes. Straight. Right. Oh my god, yeah, that's crazy. So it was just you know there was like that was just back in the day. It's just that those days aren't around anymore. It's, yeah, yeah. But I remember them. So. <laughs> Did you, were you uh, into AEC comics and, and horror comics and stuff like that too? Or was it uh, Comics, more? I was into, uh, I was into X-Men, which is so funny. The, the last Logan movie yeah. was based on the era of X-Men that I read with, with, oh, the, wow. with, the, with the Grim Reavers and all that. So I was into, I was into Wolverine yeah, yeah. And, 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 but not really any comics, but like later on once when the comic book craze, when that kicked in, they were making, once Dracula came out with Gary Oldman there was this uh, that goth culture opened up and right. I had and I still do have like Jeffrey Dahmer comics and these like just off brand wow. dark Dracula <laughs> exotic <laughs> my girlfriend at the time worked at a bookstore and I would just go in and just take everything I wanted and eat it I, <laughs> just collecting stuff that's amazing tell me about the first time you saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre I remember I used to do this thing and I was I guess in my brain, I thought I was smart, when I, but when I think back to it, I'm like, why did I pull that same trick with my parents every time? Because back in the day, you know, videos would come out like on a Tuesday, you know, like it was our new, new video rentals. Mm-hmm. Right. Now was the day, like going to the going to the video store back in the it, day. It's the best. Oh, we talk about that a lot. That man, was the show. Like, yeah. Man, I, you could go on a Friday night and just spend hours. I could just looking at movies, like yeah. just. There was a grocery store called Food Line, <laughs> and it had a little video store right on the corner. And I had been seeing that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 stand-up of Leatherface. It says, after after 10 years, the buzz is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I, yeah. which I have that. <coughs> oh, awesome. I, I do have that. Awesome. Which is, I, and I used to see it because I never saw the any of the chainsaws. You know, this is what, 87, 86, yep. or when, 87, I think, when it came out. And I saw that, and so I kept seeing the the, the stand up at stores, and I, I had just been watching the date on when it came out. So what I used to do is I used to fake stomach aches, or <laughs> you know, I would get to the store, convince my dad to rent these movies. You ain't gonna have time to watch that before you go to bed. Oh yeah, well I got it. And then I'd wake up the next morning, and go, oh, <laughs> oh, I don't feel good. <laughs> and then my mom would feel, you know, and she knew I didn't do that a lot, but I, some days she knew I just wanted to stay out of school and she'd let me. And I would, and so I spent all day watching Chainsaw 1 and 2 over. And my first reaction, I was just disturbed by it. Like I didn't really understand because I was kind of laughing at parts. I was like, why am I laughing? Why is why is the why is the cook nice and then he's crazy? Then he's like, and so I kept watching it like all day. So by the time I my 
you know, I had to, you know, I was up at seven faking being sick. So I watched it like all day. Wow. And by the time my parents got home, I just understood it and just was quoting the characters and just, it was just, and then, and then when we finally got a VCR in the house, that was the first VHS I got was Chainsaw 2. Do you prefer the second one to the first one? To me, they're like, because that day they were just interchangeable. Yeah. So they're kind of view them as one, but I always say they're part one. And t- they're my favorite movies. Right, right. You know, so it's just, and it's crazy because I've got to know Bill and Caroline from two. Yeah. I knew Gunner before he passed away. Oh, and cool. just So it was cool. This, and that, that's just the, the best movie. Like, I can't even imagine being in a theater in the 70s seeing that i I can't either i I mean mean, you watch it now and it's because we're just exposed to everything but like just imagine like i remember just seeing that that cover of the vhs before i ever saw it when i was really little and it was like what did it say that uh it would have a one critic at the top said this rex reed says scariest film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and Rex Reed was like a big movie critic. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like he was like, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert. Like, and I remember just going, this is, and, 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 and it also said based on a true story, which made it even scarier. The movie was so raw. It's like you're kind of watching a snuff film almost, you know. Yeah, like, it, has a, know it has a documentary look. And also what I think uh, attributes to a little bit of that look is that none of the actors are really well known. I remember when I first saw it, they look like crazy people. Like we're yeah. just, they cast some nuts, even Chop Top and two. Yeah. It's like, where'd they get this guy? Yeah. Oh, is yeah. he a legit crazy person right. they found and put him in the, <laughs> oh, yeah. it adds to the, and they don't really do that anymore. You know, in new horror films, I find it's like, you recognize the people and it takes you instantly out of it. But Chainsaw yeah, Man. I, I just think I've gotten older now and I've just become that grumpy old man where I'm just like, <laughs> Man, it's like back in the day. Back in the day, not as good as then. I was watching, I was watching Superman two the other day, and I haven't seen it in forever. And I used to think that that was this, the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I remember, like Superman two, man, General Zod, and uh... when, when Zod come about, kneel before Zod. I'm like, and I just remember thinking that, like, you know, because I haven't seen it in years. And they had a Superman marathon on the other day and I was in the gym and I was on the machine and I was watching it and I just couldn't believe how, how awfully <laughs> bad, but, but also how good it was. Right, too. right. You know, like it's just like, but that's just what I grew up on. Like my first movie I ever saw was Flash Gordon in the theater. You yeah, know? Cool. So that's just why this is this certain movies. Like it's just, sure. I can still watch Superman 2 and know how awfully it is like we just it's ridiculous <laughs> but it's so good yeah no i get it i and get it and superman 3 was on last night i saw like half of it i need to watch it again <laughs> having richard Pryor and superman yeah, i remember that yeah. i saw that in the theater as a kid <sighs> yeah i saw all the supermans in the theater did you see supergirl i did not do you remember when that came out that came out like I, shortly after i think was it after three do you remember supergirl after three yeah, yeah. That yeah late helen 80s. slater yeah it was yep. it was and legend of billy jean that's right that's <laughs> right <They're> awesome <laughs> <laughs> are you a fan of trauma films at all of course what, what's your favorite trauma movie well, toxic avengers my toxic favorite. Avengers. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. you know what's weird and i and i it makes me mad and it's made me mad for about 16 years now <laughs> <laughs> so anybody from jersey that hears this <laughs> every Every time I go to Jersey, I don't say much on stage. You know, I, I'm just, we kind of keep it where I don't really talk to the audience. But when I used to talk to the audience and, you know, you're a front guy, you got to hype everybody up. And I used to always be like, New Jersey, home of the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> 
and it would just be crickets. No way. Oh. Not one person. And I would just go on a rant. I was like, you got your own superhero. <laughs> New Jersey's yeah. only superhero. Yeah. You're lucky. Like, you're so lucky you got a superhero. Right. And at a Wednesday 13 yeah, concert, I would well, think that those years, people well, would. Now it's, you know, right, the horror right. culture's changed. Walking Dead changed everything. It, it, it did. It, you know, it did. but before then, you had to find the weirdos like us that, right, right, that, right. that knew about that. But I would just get so mad. I'm like, <laughs> Somebody <laughs> cheer for this. <laughs> Little Melvin suffered yeah, a yeah, awful yeah. fate yeah. for this. <laughs> Acknowledge it. I, yeah, I used to email uh, Phoebe Lachere. Do you remember her? Uh, she was the Toxie's girlfriend. Yep. From, yeah. two, from two? From or two. Or from yeah. two. The blind one. No, yes, 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 yes. And she played accordion. Yeah, she still hangs I around New York and like plays accordion. <laughs> two was my favorite. Yeah, I really like The two. basketballs when he love, takes the little guy into the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than that. <laughs> did you ever see uh did you ever see mother's day yes trauma that was a good one too. Mother's I, I, day. I didn't watch that one as much i remember that was one that i got into a little bit later i think zombie quoted like he was influenced by mother's day oh on, wow on like maybe house, house of Without, I, something yeah. like I that i could see that i could that was see the that one with the cover with this, this grandma sideways in the yeah with the yep. knife yeah kind yep. of texas chainsaw I see, the, I see the vhs cover right, right in your <laughs> <laughs> i see these i see these images one thing that that I loved about that movie the spoiler alert is the freeze frame ending and that happened quite a bit in yeah. 80s horror like the you know late 70s 80s yep. horror Friday 13th had that awesome freeze Does frame ending freeze chainsaw one freezes yeah, yeah. Chainsaw, chainsaw, chainsaw one freezes yeah. sleepaway camp freezes yep oh, yeah. and the end of mother's day freezes yeah. a queenie jumps out of the woods and yeah, it just yeah. stops there yeah. And it scares the shit. It does, nothing's yeah. happening, but it scares the shit out of you. I don't know why. The end of Chuck Norris's silent rage is freezes. Really? When, when the guy jumps out of the... I don't know if you know much about the movie Silent Rage. I No, I don't. But I tell people all the time, it's Chuck Norris meets Halloween. Really? Wow. It's a 1981... It's the total story. It's 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 one of my favorite. It's I consider it a horror movie. I was a big Chuck Norris fan. You know, you're a kid. You wanted to be a ninja. Yeah. You know, throwing stars <laughs> oh, yeah. were, were a big deal. Get those cool. ninja magazines <laughs> you know, and order the tabby boots at the back. Yeah. Oh, I used to trade throwing stars at back of the classroom and stuff. Good guys were black. But, yeah. yeah. This bit, but around 81, like he did Force Vengeance, but he did Silent Rage. And it's him in this little small town. He's kind of like Andy Griffith. I, don't okay. know, I keep bringing up Andy Griffith. Like I'm not. <laughs> but uh but he's like this little this sheriff in this town and he's got like uh this partner who's totally like a just a big barney five it's got ron silver who was actually a big actor the main actor in that and there's like this super hospital that's doing all these experiments and the movie starts off just like the shining this dude hacks this woman up with an axe just like brutally like and chuck norris comes in the house he's the sheriff and he has to fight this guy and he they get him outside and the Cops shoot him like 35 times. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, so he dies or whatever. But there's this crazy, like, Dr. Frankenstein at the hospital, and he wants to try this new experiment. So he dies, and all the doctors leave. And then whenever they leave, he does, does the reanimator thing and he shoots it into this dude and he creates this super guy that who cannot die. Wow. <laughs> so he goes at night. He, basically this guy's like he's hiding this 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 monster he created and at night he goes out and just kills people 
And Chuck Norris basically like I was terrified of hospitals because it's like he's in this hospital chasing this dude. It's scarier than the hospital scene in Halloween too, I think. So basically, so you get this this killer who doesn't talk, who is just he looks like uh, uh what's his face that plays Hellboy? I can't think of his name right now. I'm sorry, Ron Perlman. Yeah, he kind of has that young, but he's just this tall, freaky guy. Doesn't talk, looks like a maniac, and you get a 20 minute. Slow motion, Chuck Norris, double kicks. Oh, man. I mean, a freeze frame ending. It's scary, and the the theme song is awesome. Who does it? Do you remember? I have no idea, but it's got that John Carpenter. It's got that that, that total, like, Stranger Things scent. Yeah. It's like it's... It's a movie you should look at. It, it, you would think Chuck Norris, it just doesn't, it didn't register with people. <laughs> right, right. But like, there was some horror movie guy influence. That's like amazing. I can't believe I missed that. It's great. And what, it didn't, there, there's a remake Chuck Norris movie, right? Isn't there right now? Didn't Eli Roth do one? No, you're thinking of What am I thinking of? Death Wish? Oh, I'm thinking of Charles Bronson. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of Charles Bronson. I've Bronson. heard that's good, though. I love I loved Death Wish. Yeah. Those are great movies. Yeah. Oh, one, two, and three yep. is good. Three was my favorite with Fraker, the reverse mohawk. <laughs> 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 I had an old best friend from school. I named him Fraker. When I first met him, I said, you look like Fraker from Death Wish 3. He, and he goes, he goes, I know. And I went, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows Fraker. <laughs> Is there is there any movie that people would be shocked that you love like Titanic or something or I think not necessarily a movie because it's just all across the board and I've always honest with people but right. I think the a TV show that I'm obsessed with sure which I just watched like probably ten episodes of today is the TV show Friends really awesome. I almost feel with people if they don't know the show Friends I gotta like put a little wall up. <laughs> <laughs> there's life lessons in that show it's just there that is next to the monsters that's my favorite like tv show of all time have you done the warner brothers tour where you can go sit no. on the friends couch <laughs> it's on the list we have it. <laughs> yeah you'll see i'll be like when i do i'll be like yeah, i went to central park today <laughs> but like i i know so much like friends trivia like i used to play the game and like wow. you know I know uh, it's, I know too much this is amazing I know, I know Chandler has a third nipple I know his middle, middle name is Muriel I know uh, I know I know things I know unnecessary things it's weird have yeah. you ever covered the Phoebe cat song yeah we do it at soundcheck that's amazing that's awesome oh, yeah. we have our own version of smelly cat Of course. course. And some friends trivia for you. It goes back to old movies. And the episode when her friend comes back, her old writing partner, and she goes in the studio, they get Smelly Cat on the the litter box commercial. The lady that actually, this her partner that sings, I can't think of her name right now. She's Dottie from Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. Oh, is it E.G. Daly? Is that who it is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's her. And she also sang the theme song for the John Cusack Better Off Dead movie. When they go to the prom, she sings, she's in that. (laughs) So, so yeah, so that's a little trivia for you. So she's actually a vocalist and she's also the main hooker on Devil's Rejects. She's the one like, we could do some of that Star Wars stuff. That's right. right. (laughs) So So she has a history of of good stuff. So she's still rolling. (laughs) Now she's like a Disney voice actor, right? Oh, yeah. 
she's like a big time voice actor. Yeah, she does a lot of cartoon voices, like huge. That's what I want to get into eventually. The best. I just make great. I just make noises around the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about your movie idea, Soft Spot. (laughs) I feel so bad because I, 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 newly, I have a granddaughter who was born back in July, and I had this. You hear all about this, and I had this idea. I don't know, like it's, and this will show you. I can. This is my voice. audition to for making uh, I told you doing cartoon voices because there's a sound with this so I'll make it I'll make it quick but I don't know I just like to think of disturbing things that that, that I've never seen in movies before oh my god like, like for example let me just explain this and when I say this I say it in a lighthearted, not like I'm serious about doing these kind of things like I grew up on the kind of movies where you know like there, there would be a movie like an airplane where they they shoot a dog and it falls over. Right. That was like yeah. right. you can't do that now. Yeah. So I I like to think of that. You know, that's like I like Anchorman when they kick Baxter off the bridge. Right. Right. <laughs> Just so out of yeah. control, you wrong it's that it's ridiculous. So yeah. so my idea was was you you know I've always heard like babies are born with this soft spot. You know, yes, you they got are. children, so you know yes. this, you got. I had my you know I had my daughter. I know I've you could watch the soft spot. <laughs> And I almost wanted to get a custom helmet because it's terrible. <laughs> Don't touch the soft spot. Don't touch the soft spot. Like it's just like a oh. scary, right? Yeah, they really it is. It's it terrifying. You're terrified. Yeah. You don't want anything to happen to your kids. And I just, you know, I had this idea of this guy. Oh no! <laughs> it's almost, it's, it's almost kind of like if you, this goes back to another '80s movie. Have you seen Cat's Eye? Remember? Yes, yes, yes. Drew Barrymore. So remember, yeah. Okay, there's five stories, but the main story is the end where the little demon comes out and. Crawls on her chest and tries to steal her breath. That's the old rumor with cats. Cats, because right. cats right, would right. smell milk on kids' breath, and and they would do the you know. So this is kind of where the idea came from for Soft Spot. So I thought about kind of like like the Maniac movie, just some deranged guy who just has like this fetish thing for like it's kind of like the Night Stalker. He kind of creeps into the window, kind of raising Arizona style, you know, ladder up, and he just picks up that little baby you know it's just all quiet and he's just like <laughs> he's just just smelling it like it's like the best like you know steak sandwich he's ever ordered and then it's like and then he just holds it for this and you're just kind of like what's this guy doing is he you don't know yet you know it's like he's just is he gonna hold it is he just is he baby fever what's going on and then like he just kind of turns it over and the little baby kind of looks up and smiles at him and he kind of smiles, and then he just pushes in the salt. Oh, <laughs> <no. laughs> it's just like no. like a deflated basketball, oh, you know. No. And you just hear this little shriek. This is from my cartoon voice. You hear. <laughs> And then he just kind of goes, and he just kind of, he just sniffs it up like, oh like he's God. like he's sucking their soul out. And then he, but and then he and then he puts oh a little God. deflated baby head back. And obviously right, it, would, it like, would look like a trauma. Right, type. exactly. Yeah. That's what I get. It the would, vibe and in. it would be a baby doll. Right. You would actually hear like 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 on Kingpin when his hand goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got the wind sound, you know. So. 
again, like that's, that's my idea, idea of a movie. <laughs> it's in the in the spirit of trauma, like like you look at Toxic Avenger when they run over the guy's head. Right, right. Like, we didn't get him. We need more points. So <laughs> put it in reverse and do it again. I use that lyric in my song. It's from Toxic Avenger. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I'm thinking in in that in that spirit. You oh, know. So this is yeah. So, it's got to so, be a thing. So, so, song, Lloyd Kaufman, are you listening? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking soft spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of my ideas and then the other one I just like the title Wednesday 13's very bad movie <laughs> or that'll be the review of right, right. <laughs> or it could be an anthology yes you know yeah. so yeah. either way I've got ideas out there <laughs> Hollywood and New Jersey <laughs> hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> What's your favorite segment in Creep Show? One and two. Oh, What's I remember that is the first horror movie that we watched on the stolen cable. Really? <laughs> remember my brother, Big Marty. <laughs> I call him Big Marty because he's, he's bigger now. But Big, Big Marty brought over his friend, Mark, who had a crush on my sister. And I remember we sat on this this leather couch in the trailer and we watched Creep Show for the first night. It terrified me. I think at the time... The crate scared me the most. That was great. I agree. The crate scared me the most because you're little, you know, at that time, you see all kind of boxes and stuff all the time. You're scared. To, <laughs> right. And if you're a little nosy kid, you're going to open up stuff. And like anytime I open a cabinet now to get some Chips Ahoy cookies, and I'm thinking the crate monster is going to jump out and eat me. You know, and I was like, oh, God. Um, but upon watching it over and over, there is no better scene and than the Leslie Nielsen and the oh, Ted walk, Danson. Uh, and yeah and Ted Danson if you hold your breath <laughs> it, you might you know just oh, that yeah. whole thing and seeing Leslie Nielsen from Airplane which is my other favorite movie of all time seeing him go from that to just being a just madman yeah when they come back from the water and how they made the blue look and he's just screaming and they're just and they've you can just tell they ran their voice like through a chorus pedal and it's like yeah, yeah. that's my favorite part in the movie when I watch it again it's still just I don't know it and then and then the ending scene anybody that doesn't like bugs oh, oh man, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I know a few people I think I was telling her about it and she just told me to stop talking about it <laughs> but our, our, our drummer's father Dean Castronovo is terrified of bugs and he I think he's just terrified of that last scene of creep show mm-hmm. Because, like, man, like, talk about bug invasion. Right, right, of, right. Of the body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a body, it's, man. That was just, yeah. So I remember seeing that as a, as a little kid. And I, and that really kind of scared me, you know. And then my parents would start going to bed, and I'd start watching the other movies. And, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street was another one that I have a cool story with the trailer i remember it came on early before my dad went to bed my dad used to watch boxing he'd drink a six-pack and watch boxing and go to bed and go put siding on the houses at seven in the morning and i knew nightmare on elm street was coming on before he went to bed and i was like will you please let me watch this movie it's about this guy has like knife hands <laughs> That's a good one. and i guess he was just tired my mom was already in bed and he's like he finished off his miller beer and he's like look 
You can watch it, but you better not crawl back in my room screaming <laughs> that you're scared to death. Because I did that on Silent Rage. Silent Rage terrified really? me. I saw it when I was like five, and it terrified me. Wow. I was ter- still terrified of that dude. His name's John Kirby. Scariest action movie monster guy. So I remember I watched, my dad went to bed, and I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. For, it was like just debuting on HBO. So it was still pretty new. It was out maybe six months. I, I lived in the, the trailer. I'd watched the movie. And the first one's just scary, man. Yep. Yeah. It's, there was no, I mean, you, he wasn't a one-liner then. You didn't, he wasn't, they didn't have the dolls out, the pull-string right. doll. Freddie wasn't making jokes then. And that one scene where he just goes down the alley and his arms just... Oh, yeah. You know, like... Point feet long. Yeah, that was just, like, terrifying. So I remember it, it went off, and I was like, oh, man, I want to go in the room right now. <laughs> I'm, like, nine years old or whatever old it was, you know. I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this, but... So I was like, but I can't. He's going to yell at me. So I remember I just, I could not sleep. I just had the cold sweat and I didn't have a room at the time. So I was, I'm sleeping on the couch and a thunderstorm came up. Oh, shit. <laughs> and this little single wide metal trailer. And we had this tree outside and I'm not putting it together. I'm just terrified. I'm like, cause it's, oh, here comes a thunderstorm. I just watched Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm by myself. Just, I got to go to school. I got to be up at six in the morning. This is terrifying. And then the wind starts blowing and the tree started making the. Oh, sound. man. So I'm just like. <gasps> so, and at the time, Big Marty, my brother, he had a third shift job and he was trying to lose weight. <laughs> and he had been biking to work and he wore this orange sweater so Uh-oh. people, so people <laughs> could see him. <laughs> and apparently he got out of work early that night. Oh, no. And I hear all of the the yeah. rakes outside and then I hear the back door you know, swing open because the wind blew it open and I just see this orange sweater. <laughs> oh, and I just God. did that little... <laughs> <laughs> like, like you can't like, like out of a nightmare like a, right yeah, like i couldn't scream and my oh. brother used to love to scare me oh shit oh, he had no idea so once i told him <laughs> he just on. that was his hobby of just yeah. scaring me to death oh, after that but that was a complete accident and that meant i was terrified of freddy and and then by three and four it's funny and, right. then, and then, you know, you got the pull string doll and he's a household name. And then they, yeah. it was cool to Alice Cooper's his dad. Right. <laughs> Freddie's daddy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Walk us through a little bit of your horror collection. Uh, well, it's nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I just, I've never seen anything like it. So this is. This, well, thank yeah. you very much. Thank uh, you. Mine is more from. like, like, uh, like the store here in, in Burbank blast from the past. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, it a lot of toys and I mean it's everything like I mean I'm a horror guy it's it, for some people they kind of go in there and they see my toys are confused because I'll have this giant Texas chainsaw mask I have an autograph from every cast member I have the poster sign I have every figure and then I have the ant and the aardvark Sigmund the sea monster HR <laughs> puffin stuff <laughs> uh, you know Mr. T the A-team Battlestar Galactica oh. you know I just have everything that I that I grew up on so yeah. I just in my mind it's all on one big sheet and G.I. Joe was my life that's another thing I could tell you everything about the little 334 action figures oh, like God, that was I remember those. that was my life and I'm spending my adult life now recollecting I want to have a room kind of like 
like this, but it's just all G.I. Joe. Oh, I just wow. go and sit in and just either either be happy or pout. Either one. Was your favorite just, Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow? They're oh, my favorite is Zartan. Zartan? Oh. Zartan, the Dreadnought leader. I just spent 45 bucks on him last week really? at WonderCon. She was like, why'd you... 45 bucks. <laughs> this is Zartan. <laughs> what did that figure do? The figure did something special. He turned blue. Right. In the sunlight. Oh, in the he sunlight, was more like a vampire. Right. He couldn't, he lived in the swamps and he was like a punk and he hired all these vagabonds to work for him. So they kind of worked for Cobra, but they were like, they weren't loyal. They were all about money and, and they were the punk rockers, which kind of got me into rock and roll too. Yeah, nice. yeah. And Zartan had the, had the mask that looked like Jesus. Right. He's a master of disguise. <laughs> and, and, and I tried it the other day. They do not turn blue anymore oh so oh, over wow. the years yeah. even his out. even his brother won't turn blue he made three of them <laughs> chemical fades i tried it i put him right in the sunlight i'm like he's not turning blue he's gonna melt <laughs> so, uh, but yeah I, I liked all the bad guys cobra commander destro yeah destro is one of, another one of my favorite characters like i i have a friend who knows the guy that voices Destro. Oh, like, cool. If I would have had the money, he would have did the intro for my Monsters of the Universe album. Oh. I had it all wrote out in Destro voice. So maybe oh. dream, I will get that dream again because that guy's voice is next to James Earl Jones. That's amazing. <laughs> Cobra Commander. Yeah. I, remember, I remember collecting the back of some of the boxes and sending it away to get the hooded Cobra Commander. Oh, I have him oh, yeah. too, yeah. Like there was premium G.I. Joe figures, you right? Had you, had to, to, you had to send off for the hooded Cobra Commander the pack rats the cobra snake armor that's this big metal robot that you basically kind of put on the figure you can put anybody in they're like a super dude yeah yeah so yeah I, i'm a nerd <laughs> sorry did i mention that what's your fate what's your favorite your prized possession probably my 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 i have quite a bit of monster stuff and it's it's mainly new i mean i i have everything that they made like from the the nineties, they just, they started making stuff in the early nineties, but I do have the original Sears Roebuck Herman Munster, 1970 pull string doll. Oh, wow. He's not in the box. He still has a string. He makes, <laughs> kind of makes that sound. I don't know what he was supposed to say, but he's the oldest. He's the coolest looking. I've been kind of really collecting since like that, since like 1990, but I've been going back buying like little, the earlier stuff and, sure. and, and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, between that and then just like, you know, uh, all my old GI Joes, that's what I'm really into is collecting all the bad guys. Cobra's <laughs> my life. I'm, I'm debating a Cobra tattoo. Oh, I'm surprised you don't have one already. I, me too. <laughs> I got every other horror character, you can't see it, but I, I don't have, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about doing like an eighties back piece, oh. everything from like Beetlejuice and the castle Grayskull and Skeletor and just, you know, Did did you have the uh, cool. who was the what was it the Masters of the Universe the He Man no Snake oh, Mountain where you put oh I still have it and talk through the and I will say this I to to my knowledge I am the only person to record vocals through Snake Mountain <laughs> that is amazing That's I did awesome. it I did it in 2013 on my Dixie Dead album on the Carol Ann song dedicated to Poltergeist and Carol Ann yeah I did her voice the TV sounds where she's going help me 
Right. That's all recorded through Snake Man. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I guarantee yeah. you're the only one who can state that claim. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to, I want to buy an extra one. I want to turn Snake Mountain into my microphone, like, case. <laughs> it's so big, like, you could slide a microphone. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's almost like a beer koozie. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I get my way, I'm going to have a Snake Mountain mic. <laughs> I might look like an idiot, but what else have I got to do? Is there any new horror that you really love? You know, I was telling him, I, I really, you know, I have people all the time tell me, but like, I've been so busy with the band and stuff and just my brain is just like, I'm in like TV show mode. I can watch something for 30 minutes and then yeah. I, I'm gone. But like, <laughs> like I, I love Stranger Things. I thought that was awesome. That's one of the newer things I saw, which was just, you know, capturing that vibe. They totally got that 80s vibe. Uh, but like, you know, for me, like one of the last, newer horror movies I saw was the, the first Strangers that, that creeped me out yeah I just like I just like weird weird stuff like that you know but I, I hear about so many good things that's like I was saying earlier I, I'm I that's my goal we have a lot of touring this year and my last tour was just putting on a movie or five a day like I'd watch Airplane Phantasm Over the Top Cobra <laughs> over the top. Everything. So I want to have it on the tour where I can sit back and watch some stuff that, that, that I haven't seen. Like he, trick he or treat. Trick or treat. He hasn't seen trick or treat. I've yet. seen the original oh. trick or treat with right. Sammy Kerr. Right. Yeah, I remember oh, that too. Right. I just I watched that. that too. I got the ultimate German box set. I got that in like, it's ridiculous. Wow. I watched, I watched shock him dead the other oh. night. Shock him dead. Unbelievable. Dude, that is my favorite. <laughs> And is the best horror rock movie ever made. I, I concur. I would love to sit down and ask them. I, they did a Q&A in Hollywood. I looked it they up on did? YouTube. Where they had they had the the Angel Martin guy. He's a, he's a fight commentator now. No. He's oh. like he's like a big time okay. UFC like with Joe Rogan like commentating on fights That's and cool. stuff. Yeah, they they had a Q&A with them, but I just wanted to know that the front guy of Spastic Colon like <laughs> did they did they mean for him to look that stupid? Right, I don't know. Cuz even back then I'm like <laughs> He looks like he should be in Loverboy, right? More than it didn't Godzilla. make any sense. Maybe it was maybe it was because an angel takes the mic for the first time. Yeah, it really but, makes him look really but, but, stupid. But, but I love how he just wakes up and he's like, "This is all mine." Yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's like, "Come on, bitches!" Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like he's just this total. Like, I mean, I'm the instant ego. Right, I right. Love, it's the best movie. It is whiny dialogue, the whole thing. Like, yeah. he gets called to audition for this band out of the blue, and he works at a pizza, and the first thing he does is start yelling at the guy, shit, yeah. I gotta work! <laughs> like, yeah. very, like, trauma delivery, oh, right? Oh, yeah. It's genius. It's so it's he comes so in and bombs this audition, then, yeah. he make, then he makes a deal with a voodoo lady outside the pizza place, and she stabs him with a knife, and, <laughs> and he says, what do you want more than anything in the world? He goes, I want to be the biggest rock star in the world. And he wakes up the next morning in a in a mansion with two naked girls beside of him. He's got like the biggest like black like hair metal. It's like Blackie Lawless. Oh, it's crazy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he gets up and and amazing, and he can play like. Jimi Hendrix and well the guy Michelangelo, Man, Michelangelo from, from Nitro Nitro is doing yeah. all the guitar part he yeah. played like a you know a double neck guitar when he yeah. played both at the same right. time so he was like he was like the devil granting him the, the deal but his deal is to become the biggest rock star 
he has to kill people to feed. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good, man. And then he has Tracy Lords in it, and she's like playing the most serious part, which is <laughs> yeah. hilarious. That was like one of her first roles after you know transitioning porn. out of porn. Yeah, yeah it was. This it was movie. a cool movie. I I, I turn so I've turned good. my band onto it. We watch it all the time. I can quote it. I can sing all the songs. I know Virgin Girl. <laughs> I'm in love with <laughs> the, the slut. slut. <laughs> uh, their horrible version of, of Purple Haze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know all the dumb songs. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, moving over to music, let's talk about the new album. All right. Yeah. So, condolences. It's, I think it's an amazing testament to your continuing evolution as an artist and as a person. I want you to tell me about kind of what you were consuming, watching, reading that resulted in an outpouring of a heavier, darker sound. The sound was, it's definitely been going into a heavier kind of range since like the Dixie Dead, since around 2013. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the Murder Dolls, that second record was heavy. And that was supposed to be the next Wednesday record. It just became Murder Dolls. It's just weird. It's it's Murder Dolls with Joey, but without it, it's Wednesday. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's really all kind of the same same ingredient. So I was going heavy with Murder Dolls. That's what I wanted to do. But as soon as that stopped and I did my calling all corpses, I thought, I was like, man, man I should change it up. So I just kind of went all, all punk rock. And I liked that, but I was still wanting to be heavier. So when Dixie Dead came out, we went a little a little heavier. Then Monsters of the Universe came out, we went even heavier. And then the new one was, it wasn't like we were just going, we're going to make the heaviest record, but we just, in our heads, we, we knew we, we were listening to darker stuff. And then like the very first song I wrote, for the record was the condolences song. I used to call it the behemoth song in my head. <laughs> but it just sounded really creepy and evil. Yeah. And I was like, man, it sounded like some sort of like behemoth type kind of song. But it took me a few months to figure it out. I wrote that and the Death Infinity kind of like as one song. Oh, wow. At, at first, I was weird. I wrote the slow ones first. And that kind of set the the tone of it because at the time it was just like in the industry when everybody was dropping like flies, you know. So for me, when it's we're writing a record, I'm trying to come up with lyrical content and. Like you were saying, like I've covered everything. <laughs> You've gone deep. I've run out of stuff. So, <laughs> right. So on this one, I thought, well, what can I do to keep it horror, but keep it scary? So I just went real horror. So I started reading a bunch of serial killer books and different things and just getting these ideas. And I, and I was like, every single song is starting to turn out about death in some way, whether it's like a, a killer or being a victim or something. So it kind of gave an interesting kind of thing, sort of the, th the, the thing about, and then condolence is a song is just about basically just dying and then the, going into the afterlife or after death and that cool, whole thing. So it gave me some kind of cool to, to write about that was different. I was reading these serial killer books on channel 47. They show forensic files 24 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, Investigative nice. discovery network. Oh, I, I, I love that channel. And I've, and I just watched forensic files all the time. So I basically between like reading those books and watching that and just that's where a lot of the lyrics and stuff came from. And there's a couple of songs that have nothing to do with that at all. But, you know, but for the most part, I thought it was kind of scarier to get inside more of the human mind than opposed to me just just literally watching a movie and singing about what I'm seeing and like, right. Oh, Carol Ann, get out of the TV. Right. <laughs> you know. Did you so, ever read the book, uh, mind of a serial killer? No, I did not. Check that one out, man. 
goes okay. deep in like the Night Stalker storyline and right, Gacy, check. a bunch of those, those guys. I've read some Gacy books. I've read I've read a lot of books. I don't think I've read that one. Oh, I'll check that one out. What's right. his, what's the scariest story, serial killer tale that you've you've come across while you're Albert Fish is gross. <laughs> Pretty insane. Yeah. He's he's a blender drinker dude, right? I believe he's that, that guy like putting people like he's crazy. He's a guy that like stuck like 200 needles into a scrotum for the hell of it, just for shits and giggles, right? Yeah, <laughs> Boy, that's what I do on a Saturday, right? Right, right, right. right. You know, I, I love the Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer movie, mm-hmm. which is yeah. now, which is so funny. Is it Michael Rooker? That's yeah. his name. Yeah, now he's Yondu and 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 <laughs> Daryl's brother on Walking Dead, yeah. but like, uh, but the the guy he portrayed, Henry Lee Lucas. There's a movie called Confessions of a Serial Killer. It's hard to find. It came out around the same time. Had a horrible cover. Had this guy with like a Hannibal Lecter mask. It made no sense to it. But it literally is, it's like, it's almost like Chainsaw Massacre filmed. But it's the story of him and that Otis guy going around like just picking up people and just like, it's just weird. Like they, 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 would, they would do these odd jobs as handymen. There's a real story, and they put it in this movie. So if you see this movie, you can see this scene. It just creeped me out. So they're working on this lady's air conditioning in her bedroom, and she's just on the couch reading, you know, you know, Better Homes and Gardens or whatever. She walks in the bedroom, you know, because they've been there in there for a while, and she kind of walks in, and the Henry guy's not even in there, and then she turns around, and that Otis guy, he's in, like, all clown makeup. Oh my God! Oh, like he went in her bathroom and like put on like her makeup, and they both like just rape her and slit her throat, and like it's just so disturbing. There's like just some crazy stories, and that Otis guy that hung out with Henry Lee Lucas, Otis O'Toole is his name, I believe. He died in prison of hepatitis. He was on death row. He wrote John Walsh a letter, America's Most Wanted and confessed that he and Henry Lee Lucas killed his son. They are the ones he talked. He wrote it in oh, full wow. detail oh, what, he, what he did. And in John Walsh's book, he says he believes that they did it. They've never officially pinned it on yeah. him. But that letter that he wrote, like those two dudes, the way they rolled, man, they just, they did just what Henry did. You kill one with a, you stab one, you shoot one. I think it's two different dudes. You know, and they move state to state. So those guys were just like the traveling salesmen of death. Wow. That's a good song title. That is. Yeah. That is. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah. like you were saying, it's interesting how this time around you've switched perspectives from being an observer to this storyteller delivering this kind of immersive dark adventure to the listener. Yeah. Would you say that the album kind of unfolds in a linear way? Like, is it kind of like a storyline Kind Would of. you say like it's not really like a concept or anything, but it's right. definitely got this the same vibe. And like for us, like it just it's one of those records where you know, like again, going in with an idea for me, we're gonna make it like this, 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 and this, and never works out that way. Yeah, we just kind of go in and it just sort of starts to take a life on its own. Right. You know, and I and I I love how it ends. We end it with a ballad. You know, it starts off it's super heavy, and then it just kind of goes into that and i just i don't know i i like i like records that make you think i that's in the and the cover as well like oh, all it's my, beautiful all my other covers were i like them and they're awesome and that's exactly what i wanted but they're kind of campy and they're more what i call my scooby-doo kind of covers mm-hmm. and then this one was one i you know with the record it was different 
the artwork. I wanted to be, I wanted people to, to think, and that's something people don't do anymore. It's just like, now it's like, Oh, they got a new record out. Let's go on Spotify and then walk in another room and they listen to it. But like, man, I, I was thinking about music as movies. You know, I digested it in. I read the back of that VHS box. I studied those pictures when I bought records. I mean, I went home, you know, I locked my door. I, put in the cassette or whatever it was and I sat on the bed and I read every lyric and, and and I got into it. So I'd like to think of my fans and a lot of them are like that. They like a full packaging and things like yeah, that. It's so, experience, right? Yeah. You know, that's why we did like four different color vinyls and all these different things just to make it a, a cool thing. So I just didn't want to give away the the punchline with with the cover. It almost where you look at it and you go it's the same Wednesday 13. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, right. so it just doesn't give it away. Whereas an album cover like Calling All Corpses might be like, oh, well, the titles, everything is kind of, that's typical sort of a thing. So I don't like to be painted into a corner. I don't want to be, I don't want to ever be figured out. Tell me a little bit about the um, <clears throat> the aesthetic of the band this time around too, because the band looks different. You got that, the makeup with the circle on the forehead and all that stuff. Yeah. What's, where, where does I don't that come even, from? You know, I mean, I didn't do it because of this, but then I, you know, obviously saw, I mean, Bowie used to do a big circle on his head, you know, the Ziggy Stardust thing, which I love that record, but that's not why I started doing it. I just, I used to do that and then draw a little 13 in it and just cause it looked weird. And then I stopped doing it for a few years. And then on the new record, I started doing it again, almost like this. I got obsessed with like ancient aliens and, and <laughs> you know, the, all this stuff and the third eye and other dimensions and stuff. So I just started kind of doing that as a nod to Bowie. And um, but then this looks weird, too. It's like uh, like our, our whole thing, like even the way we, we changed it up every time I can look out in the audience and the, and the audience kind of looks like us. I go, it's time to change it up. Wow, that's a good way to do <laughs> by, it. By the time they figured it out, yeah. we, we got to be ahead of them one, one, one step. So, and basically the idea, you know, like the photo that we use inside of the record, we've kind of changed it a little bit since then, but like we were really trying to go for, like I was mentioning earlier, like I love Cobra and G.I. Joe. Like, you know, like I literally were, were mocking outfits off of the Dreadnoughts, the Cobra Commander. Uh, I even had these boots made last year. I mean, I literally took over a G.I. Joe figure to my designer. He makes all of our clothes custom. I was like, I want these kind of boots. I brought, you know, like a Zartan and a, like over it. Like, I was like, I want this <laughs> type so kind amazing. of, you know. So we were really just trying to look like like space villains and, and mixed with a rock band kind of kind of thing. And that was something that we thought was different. And and uh you know and now and i've changed so many things i started incorporating masks and stuff like i have uh i have this uh, this lady laney who who does a mold of my face so i do a thing where i come out on stage and sometimes you can't tell i've seen photos and i can't tell that i'm wearing a mask it's cut off here but i can sing but i also wear a full mask on the back of my head so when i turn around i have two faces oh that's cool <laughs> and so it's it's just little weird stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I, I like the old, old school, like, um, like I said, Cooper's my favorite and I always liked how his show was more of a kind of like a rock and roll magic show, you know? And, 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 and I love Rob Zombie too. And like, and he put on like, 
you know, you're watching a television as you're watching. Yeah. So it's just like, but for me, I, I'm more into doing like little cheap tricks and like, so I go, does he have two faces? That's so cool. <laughs> does, he do, That's awesome. does he do that? So I, I'm always thinking about like weird stuff people see. And now, so I have all these different variations of my mask. Like last year we played the download festival in, in, in London and we had these three girls come out and they all had my faces on. Oh, that's wow. amazing. So they're like dancing with fire and there's like four of me. So that was my idea. Just I want I always think about that one guy out in the audience who's been there all day and tripping out and he's just like, oh man, <laughs> man, I've got like, I don't have double vision. I've got, I got whatever, you know? So again, I like to keep people on their toes. It keeps me exciting for me to sit back and think of things like today we were looking, we were cleaning up through the house and I found like these, these skeleton hand, like salad tong. Things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm going to put that on my microphone. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, the snake mountain and the tongs. So I'm just like, I'm like, I'm all about like, just, you know, I used to go to thrift stores and build, like I had a microphone stand one time that was built out of a, a slinky and a Barbie Corvette. Wow. <laughs> yeah. One show it lasted. Uh, Barbie Corvettes do not. That was, it looked cool. Yeah. But, uh, can so, you yeah. talk about the Everyone Still Hates You tour? Like what we're going to expect? Yeah, that's a, that's a tour with Comedy Christ. They're the headliners. This is like our, we've been headlining for all these years and stuff and not because we're a big band. We just financially, that's just kind of how it works. But I wanted to kind of get out in front of a different audience. So uh, we worked at, I've known those guys for years and stuff. So uh, for that, that's a, that's a support tour for us. So we basically kind of got to shorten our headline set down. So you're going to get the, the best of the best and the, you know, so, uh, awesome. I'm still, I'm, I'm still working on that. I'm still working on some new, uh, stage props and clothing and, and things like that. So, uh, it'll definitely be a change up. I don't want people to come see me or any time ago. Who really did that last time? Or if I did it last time, I'm doing it totally different this time where it's a different thing, you know? So, uh, I'm always, you know, I'm always in my brain when I, I'm not selfish with the set list or anything. I've never, we're just going, Oh, I want to do this. I always put myself in the audience and go, all right, if I was a fan, what, what would I want to hear? What do I want to, what would I want to see? Cause you got to think there's so much history there. If I don't play that one song, that one dude's going to go home and just, He's gonna go and I read them. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch! I paid, I paid twenty bucks for your show, and you can't even play. I walk with a zombie. <laughs> Sorry, sir. We played thirty other songs. Right, exactly right. So you're, yeah. go I mean, you're gone till August, basically, right? Yeah, we we start up in Australia on the twenty fifth of April, and then the Combi Christ tour, the Everyone Hates You tour, starts on May eighteenth to June thirtieth, and then we have like two weeks off before we head to Europe with Combi Christ and that goes wow. into the bloodstock. And then after that, we have a bunch of plans and stuff we haven't announced yet. So it's going to be busy for the rest of the year, which is kind of weird because last year I started off touring in January. Right. Started off busy this year. I kind of had a little bit of time to, to charge the batteries and, and, and rethink the, the game plan because going hard and doing the same thing after a while just kind of becomes monotonous and it's just one of those things. So it was good to have that time off. Like for me, I feel so refreshed. Like I'm, I can't wait for three weeks from now to go on and, and 
I've got a bunch of ideas. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of piecing them together right now. That's exciting. So, That's so, so awesome. I don't even know what we're going to do yet. We'll, we'll, find, <laughs> we'll find out. I might surprise myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm curious. Outside of the U.S., yes. which country or city um, were you surprised if they had the, just the greatest fans or audience? Australia has been very, very kind to us over the years. We've been playing there like almost every year since 2010. We play once a year. We took oh, 2014. A lot of bands don't even ever go there. And I don't know what happened. Like I played there in 2005, didn't play there until 2010. Someone made an offer. I came back and there was like 800 kids each show. And I'm just like, where were you in 2005? (laughs) (laughs) We were five. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So so Australia has been great. But the one place that I played only once, I'd love to go back. Uh, It was just shocking for me because I never thought I'd play there. But uh, we played Russia once. Oh, wow. and, interesting! And uh, we did two shows. We did one in, in Moscow and one in uh, St. Petersburg. And uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know if I had a record out in Russia. Yeah. I have no idea anybody <laughs> heard of me in Russia or anything. And we played that first show and we came out and there was like a thousand kids. It was packed. And like the front row was just full of girls and they're just, they're crying. No, like they're, Beatlemania. Wow. They're crying and singing every word or trying to sing every word. And I'm just, I turn around and look at my band. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at there. <laughs> two surprises. I found a KFC and the, <laughs> the two things of Russia. So, uh, so yeah, that was really surprising. And just the fans, just like, and after the show, they waited outside in the snow just to, just to look at us. And then we had wow. to go just like it was just, uh, you know, so, so yeah, like that's just an awesome place to play. And just, you know, so I'm hoping to go to South America and Mexico next on the list. And just, you know, just places like that that are just kind of starved of music. I think in America, we've just been, we're spoiled. Yeah. We're spoiled. And, and, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, there'll be a band coming through and I'm going, uh, I'll catch them next time. <laughs> and then I, here I am getting mad at the, my fans going, well, I'll catch them next time. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I, have said that, but. I just put this Barbie car on a mic stand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah. I got to see a picture of that. I want to see how it was integrated I I into the. You know, I want to hit up my, my old friend. He has like the, it's, that was Maniac Spider Trash. Oh yeah. Days. That was the first band that just like thrift store like i mean anything i could use on stage like uh i used to have a little small trampoline <laughs> and we used to have this curtain that would open people over in a curtain and we had this song on a beat and i was just on this little <laughs> trampoline at wearing platforms and a pink hippo skirt had hippos on it and you know like our drum riser was covered in stuffed animals we had garbage cans everywhere we it was just weird and just, you know, people would come to see us. I'm not even sure if we were a good band, <laughs> uh, but we definitely had toys and entertained and like, well, you look good. Right. You know, it's exactly. you look I mean, awesome. everything like I, uh, you know, we, we did everything to having a live chicken on stage to coming out of a, a, a baby crib on stage. <laughs> oh, uh, we destroyed an eight foot tall power ranger, which got us banned from a club. If you, <laughs> If you get an eight foot tall Power Ranger stuffed animal and it's that little tiny white styrofoam balls, oh, and you play no. a, and you play a club that holds about two fifty, 
<laughs> you can make it look like it snowed in. <laughs> and I'll never forget the place was called Jeremiah's on Independence Boulevard in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this owner, Adele, and this guy named E.B. going, get the fuck. <laughs> and they just pushing our, like, it was like saloon style. Like, they kept open through the door. You'd see a trampoline rolling down the, down the highway. There's a stuffed monkey. It's just like, we literally got thrown out on our ad. Like, we, it was it was one of those things where we left, we just kind of went, well, that happened. <laughs> but, yeah, so I've totally snowed out a club before. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. I could have been, I, I can't imagine the cleanup on that. <laughs> go, go Power we, Rangers. We didn't, we didn't get paid. <laughs> but the story lives on. <laughs> so worth it, man. It's so worth it. Good. It is. <laughs> Wednesday, thank you so much, oh, thanks man. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Thank this you. is fun. Seriously, no, no. was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number 14. Thanks so much to our guest Wednesday 13. Get their latest album Condolences everywhere now and see them on tour in a city near you. For dates, go to officialwednesday13.com, officialwednesday13 on Facebook, officialwed13 on Twitter, Mr. Motherfucker 13 on Instagram. It would mean so much to us if you get a sec to head over to iTunes and rate the show with a quick review. It helps us grow and get found and we really appreciate it. Over to Insta, let's dedicate this one to Val Estrada, shall we? Sweet screams, 2K Lidoscope, Nightprowler video. Our ghoul friend Vanessa Decker, Rissick, and the Spooky Vegan. Thanks for keeping the conversation going and thank you for listening and being such an important part of the show and our Boo Crew family. For the Boo Crew, this is Trevor saying see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Leone Diaz Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Fuck a duck.